What's going on, boys and girls? We got a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I am going to recap my experience at USAPL Raw Nationals in Lombard, Illinois. Going to talk about my experience, my experience as a fan and spectator. Suggestions if people want to join this federation or not, if it's worth joining the federation. Um, that's pretty much going to be the entire episode. No guests, no guests today, but that is going to be the entire episode. It's just going to be me talking for about an hour. And before I get into that, I want to talk to you guys about Rivalus. Boys, girls, visit Rivalus.net, use promo code ANGELO15 and get 15% off of your creatine, your pre-workout, your protein, your branching amino acids. Use promo code ANGELO15. And you'll get 15% off. Also, visit twowhitelights.com. Get your ass a t-shirt. Look at our blog. I promise I will fucking update that blog for PH3. A lot of people are asking questions, and that is probably the best place to get those questions answered is the PH3 review on twowhitelights.com blog. But without further ado, here is Two White Lights. is Tuesday, October 22nd, and I am exhausted, I am spent, I am burnt out, and kind of pissed off, because after Sunday's Super Heavies, uh, men and female com- competed on the very last day of USAPL Raw Nationals, I went to go record a podcast and talked about my experience in USAPL at studio. I want to give you guys the highest quality episode possible. And I fucked up and I, I don't even know what I did, but I went to edit the podcast and only Metallica and heavy metal music was playing. I seriously have no idea what I did. So this is take two. And yeah, I'm a little pissed off that happened because I thought I killed it the first time, but Second time, hopefully, is just as good, if not better. And, yes, I am coming off of competing at USAPL Raw Nationals, and I thought it would be good to give you guys a recap of the meet on just me being a competitor, me being a spectator, and a fan, because I'm I'm, I'm getting deeper and deeper as just a fan of the sport, as a spectator of the sport, as a person watching and observing the event, but also I'm a competitor first, and it's important to give both sides of that, because a lot of powerlifters fall under the same realm, being a competitor and a fan, and I think it's important because a lot of people are thinking about doing USAPL Nationals, Um, it's probably one of the top three, five biggest meets in powerlifting, and I'm not going to lie, it was an incredible experience, I loved every second of it, and it's going to be kind of a recap, but at the same time, you know, this Two White Lights isn't Sports Center. This isn't ESPN. You guys know that I don't follow every single lifter, every single lift that I see. I'm slowly doing more and more of that, but I'm not going to give you like a breakdown recap of, you know, every lifter's performance. I'm just going to give you the recap that I saw. And, you know, I'll talk about all the controversial calls, talk about what I saw just as, you know, as how the meet was run, just meeting a few competitors, 
because it was a great experience for me and I want to share it with you guys. And, and I could write about it in a blog, but might as well just do my ranting on the podcast. So first, I'm going to go into just my performance and my experience as a competitor before I talk about being a spectator and fan. So let me just give you guys a recap of like just what happened throughout the week. So the first day that I attended USAPL Ronats was on Tuesday when the 74s were competing and the 59kg and 66kg men um, yeah, I think that was all who was competing that day. Saw some of my friends, really close friends, compete. Uh, Matt Wallace, friend of the program. Michael Colo Di Pietro, friend of the program. And, of course, Laura Commander Gage, friend of the program as well. So I went to go cheer them on in the regular session, but I also had to register. So while I was registering, the first person that greeted me was another friend of the program. This is, like, the biggest fucking name drop ever like that I'm going through right now because I just list off like four or five people who are on the show or who are fans of the show. But um also it's Sterling Walker. I forgot to mention him. Um he's a beast as well. So first person I saw was Sean Noriega. He embraced me with a warm, beautiful hug and I finally got to talk to him in person. One of my favorite interviews on Two White Lights. That was cool to see, but in the registering line because when you arrive you gotta get your badge, you gotta get, you know, your bag full of goodies and all that kind of shit. Um, I saw the best 83 kg lifter in the world, Russ Orhe, and he was right in, he was right behind me in line. And the funny thing was, um, I was with my girlfriend and the amount of people coming and just taking a picture with Russ was, um, it was amazing. It was really, like really crazy to see. And I saw my girlfriend kind of just look behind, like, who the fuck is this person? Is he a celebrity or something? Because he doesn't follow powerlifting. She, I mean, follows me, I guess. But that's a, that's a given at this point, and she barely does that. Um, I'm just joking. But, um, yeah, so I just turned into Russ's uh, photographer for about 10 minutes. Um, and at a point, I was just like... Dude, you want me to go in the back of the line because if I have to take a picture of every single person, um, you can cut me in line and, you know, you can be on your way. And he laughed at my shitty joke and I had to, you know, introduce myself. It was, he was, he's, he's a really cool guy. Um, it was nice talking to him. He's a very nice person, but it was just funny that that happened. That, that was the most alpha move on his part. Just me, another competitor taking pictures of him and all of his fans. So, like I said, the dude's a golden boy. The dude is probably the hottest star of uh, USAPL right now. Um, and I'm going to get into, like, the 83 uh, primetime session later because that was one of my favorite parts. But I register, and I really wanted to see primetime. I had a lot of people who were once on the show or people who I'm friends with um, in that primetime session, and I and it's, it was going to be a great battle between Taylor Atwood, Michael Say, um, Austin Perkins, R- Ricky Cho, um, Zach DiCostanzo, met him, he's an awesome dude, um, and the 59 and 66 KG guys were great too, but I was getting nervous as fuck. As soon as I saw the venue, as soon as I saw the big screens, and the venue was ridiculous. I'm going to get into a little bit more detail about that later, but the venue was awesome. Um, I, I started to get just nervous. I started to, yeah, I, I was stressing it. I was stressing a big time. Um, 
me and my girlfriend got something to eat. And during that time when I saw like all the competitors, all the people who were just walking through, everyone passing me and all the guys who I see on Instagram, see on YouTube, I was, I was starting to feel it. I was starting to feel the nerves. I had to compete the next day on Thursday session. Um, and yeah, I was just, I was, I was feeling it. So, I really didn't watch too much of the 74 guys. Um, I got to get a little glimpse of it. I saw, I think up until bench press, um, saw some really great numbers move there. And I, I had to go home because I needed to do shopping. I needed to sleep. And that, that was the unfortunate thing with the primetime session for the 59, 66, and 74 guys was it was on that Wednesday. And I think that a lot of people were either competing the next day or they were kind of just arriving. So the crowd was still awesome. And the first primetime session was pretty cool to see, but I was just, I was a, I was kind of a nervous wreck at that point. So I went home, I got my sleep. The next day was, um, where you weigh in, of course, because USAPL has same day weigh-ins and where you get your equipment checked. So here's my, here's my first experience with like the USAPL officiating and the higher ups and all that kind of stuff and all the, the judges and the people who are working for USAPL. Um, I was competing at 12. I got there around eight o'clock because I do that when I'm nervous for something. I just get there way earlier and I really wanted to get into the equipment check room because I was really nervous that my shoes wouldn't pass the IPF USAPL regulations because um, the rules state that there shouldn't be any holes in your shoe. They had to be repaired. And those squat shoes that I deadlift in, those red, white, and blue ones are fucking worn, man. They have a lot of holes in them. They're, they're, they're scraped up. Um, and I was nervous. I was nervous for that because I really don't like to deadlift in any other shoe besides that one. So I was nervous about that. And around like 9.30, so I started quick, uh, checking my equipment, and I put all my stuff on the table, my belt, my wraps, my knee sleeves, my singlet. I was good, like, there. I thought, like, those would pass pretty easy. And then I put my black shoes that I squat in, my Adidas power lifts, and I put them there, and I kind of tried to hide the red, white, and blue ones. And the officiating crew, or, like, the two, like, judges, um, didn't really even look at any of the other equipment. Um, they just asked if it was an Inzer belt. They were cool with the knee sleeves. They barely even looked at the shoes, which I was psyched about. But this fucking guy who was officiating or doing all the, like, the equipment checks was, uh, he, he said, everything's good, but you better clean that singlet. We won't pass a dirty singlet. And I looked at my singlet and I was kind of perplexed, confused. Because I, I got that singlet like a week ago and I wore it once. Uh, shout out to Ahmed from Indy City Barbell. Thank you for hooking up with that IPF approved singlet. But I, yeah, I wore it once and it didn't smell. And my response was, that, you know what? It's clean, man. I, it's clean and I don't understand why I have to clean it. And I just told him, I'm like, are you sure it's my singlet? Because it's probably my knee sleeves. Now my knee sleeves smell like shit. You're probably smelling my knee sleeves from a mile away or my shoes for that matter. My, my fucking gym equipment smells like shit. And that was kind of that first like 
goofy, annoying USAPL thing that they care about things that just don't matter. A smelly singlet, smelly shoes, smelly knee sleeves doesn't matter. And I kind of got into that, like, man, fuck this guy or fuck this. But, um, and I, and I had some friends who had some unfortunate things with equipment and shirts and all that kind of stuff not getting passed. So that, that was, that was the, like my first, like, annoying, authoritarian USAPL experience, but I will say after that, with weigh-ins and all that kind of stuff, it was so goddamn organized. It was the most organized weigh-in I've ever been to. It was really cool how they got it done. They got it done quick. They got it done effectively. I don't know if anyone else had a different experience. I enjoyed that experience, and it's weird to say, but it was efficient. It was clear. It was good. They lined us up properly. It was just very concise. So, yeah, got done with weigh-ins, and then right after weigh-ins, I, you know, did my stretches, did my, like, pre-meat routine, tried to eat. I I weighed in 80, 80 kg, so really light. Um, that is probably a um, going to be a target of mine for my next prep is going to be, you know, gain some weight, you know, be close to 83 kg because 3 kg is under. And, you know, uh, the, the funny thing was my girlfriend said to me, this is the only meet where you looked much smaller than everyone else. They looked like you didn't belong with other people. And I agree because these 83 dudes were jacked as hell. They are all in really good shape. Um, and yeah, it looked like it didn't belong with those guys. Um, especially in the prime time session. Um, yeah, so that's, I got to put on some muscle, got to put on some fat, whatever. I got to gain some weight, but get into the warm up room and the warm up room was incredible. It was the most organized, clean, best equipment. All the equipment was platform ready equipment. They had the ER racks. They had the um, kilo plates. They had the collars. They had every. They had the Ohio Power Bars being used on a platform. That was the best warm up room ever. It was, and and there wasn't any issues getting on a platform. Um, a lot of people say USAPL guys are confrontational. They're you know stingy of certain things. No, everyone was really cool. We all you know people were giving me press commands. People were giving me death calls. It was it was awesome. So the warm up room was great. And again, um, I'm probably going to say this a lot throughout the podcast. The meat is expensive. Signing up for the meat is expensive. But that money goes to those types of things, the equipment, the venue, all that stuff. So it's money well spent, in my opinion, because of how great the warm-up room was. And, all right, warm-up room. Awesome. The warm-up room also, when getting on the platform, was great. I was on flight B. They 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 announced it. Well, this lady had her iPad out, and she was announcing who was on deck, who was in the hole, because there was kind of a disconnect sometimes between the platform and the backstage area. So that announcing was really important, especially for a guy like me who doesn't have a coach. Um, and they had a lifting cast on the backstage screens, and we saw like you know the order, and it was pretty efficient. Pretty sometimes the Wi-Fi got a little slow, but they were still communicating with us. It was very well organized there. The scoring table was in the back, which I like that. I don't like it when it's, you know, right by the fans or by the spectators. The scoring table was in the back where you can give your attempts. So love that as well. Now, judging. Judging was fair. 
and I've and I'm going to talk about my performance in a second. I know I've been talking like for 13 minutes about, you know, other shit, but I'll talk about my performance in a sec. Judging was fair and consistent. There's been a lot of Instagram stories saying that it wasn't. And, you know, I can't speak for anything aside for what was going on my platform. And they were consistent. I agreed with the calls. And I don't think people realize when you make the accusation that things aren't fair and consistent when there's five different platforms being run at the same time. And there's three judges, three different judges on each platform. So, yeah, the, the, the judging was good. The judging was fair. At least for me it was. And then the prime time session, I firmly believe that the judging was fine. Um, there's, there was some controversial calls overall, but every sport has shitty calls. Um, and you have every right to be pissed off if you got shafted. I'm going to talk about some controversial calls that happen later when I talk about just me being a spectator to the event. But it, it, it's a sport, you know. If, if you want to see shitty, you know, refereeing, watch the NFL. Watch the Packers and Lions. Watch Angel Hernandez ump a baseball game. Watch any referee referee against LeBron James or during a LeBron game. The refereeing some is is faulty a lot of the times, and that's 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 sports. That's going to happen, and they're going to make mistakes. But I thought it was quite consistent and fair. And I've seen shitty judging at other federations meets, the big ones as well. So I can't really speak that USAPL Raw Nats had bad judging. Um, I think some of the lifters who are complaining about judging, it's a poor excuse. Others have a legitimate gripe, and I'm going to get to that later. But judging was great, and also the spotting. The spotting was incredible. The loaders were incredible as well. The Texas spotting crew was great as well. Um, I just, I think USAPL gets a bad rap, and I think people are ignorant to this. I think that the spotters do an excellent job at Raw Nationals. Occasionally, there is some bad spotting, but I think that would be more prevalent with collegiate nationals where they get a bunch of dumb young college kids who have no idea how to spot this one they got a experienced crew of spotters so big shout out to mikey juan omar obi caleb and kevin i love you guys caleb you're the best you spotted me so hard and it was wonderful um yeah it was great spotting it was great loading too the loading was in that loading was even better the loading how quick they were for like squat and bench and just getting the you know the combo racks readjusted they were great and in all honesty it was the best i've seen i've seen shitty spotting at other meets that aren't usapl and ipf so i know i'm starting to sound like a usapl elitist but the, the spotting's fine. The loading is fine, too. Um, occasionally, they're going to make mistakes, but for the most part, they are good. They are really good, especially the people on Platform 2 where I was um, competing. So, they were awesome. All right. So, now to my performance. I'm sorry that if you guys were listening for that for like 20 minutes, um, then you just want to hear my performance, which is narcissistic for me to believe that you want to hear that first. But I'll tell you guys my performance. My performance, 7 for 9, uh, 737.5 kg, total I think that's like 1620 something, um, 769 IPF points, 502 Wilkes, for me a decent meet, a good meet, a meet I was kind of expecting and I am pretty happy with the meet. Now I placed third in the regular session, um, Charlie Alta and 
Matt Cronin beat me, and they deserve to beat me. They are two really good lifters, especially Charlie Atta. Um, I always support my Illinois lifters, and he is, you know, one of the better 83 KGs in Illinois right now. I'm probably third on the list next to him and Carson, but um, great meet by them. Me, so let's take it down. Let's uh, let's break this down for me. Um, squat. Squat went great. Nine white lights. I'm very happy that I got nine white lights. I've never gotten red lighted for depth in USAPL. I'm happy about that. I was very concerned with my depth um, about eight months ago leading into my first meet, and I feel like I fixed it, and I'm getting depth, and I'm getting squats, and I'm progressing well with my squats. Now, I do think I left some weight on the platform, probably about five to ten kilos, probably five. Let's just say five. Um. Five kilos is good. So, yeah, five kilos probably left, and this is why I probably need a handler and a coach because, you know, it feels different for me on the platform. Um, the opener felt great. Second attempt was a meet PR, which was nice, uh, with 557, and it felt good. It felt decent, but I didn't think that 573 was in you know in the bag that it was guaranteed so 567 was my next jump in my third attempt and that felt hard um that felt difficult it was um it it, it didn't it didn't feel good but then again if I would have had a coach telling me or like because I didn't have any videotapes going into it the only videotapes I got was after the meet with like people mentioning me and their story and all that kind of stuff but um I, I, if I would have saw my second attempt just on a video, I probably would have upped my third attempt to like 573 because 567 moved well. It looked like a second attempt. I'm very happy with that, but I probably left some weight on the platform. Um, can't really make excuses, but that's where, you know, coaching and handling will be really beneficial for me because it feels different, but you know, if I have to grind a third attempt on 573 or 578, you know, so be it. But squat went well. Bench sucks. I think I've covered my recent struggles with bench press throughout, you know, the Two White Lights blog on PA3, on my Instagram. My bench has just actually kind of regressed, and that's a big concern for me. Um, I actually dropped my opener two and a half kilos, dropped it down to 325 pounds, uh, was planning on open at 330, but, you know, just wanted to stay in the meat. Up to my next attempt at 347. Hit that kind of shaky. I knew I was going to miss 352. Um, Warm-ups were, you know, kind of... I just knew 352 probably wasn't going to happen. Uh, the goal was actually to get 360+, plus, and that didn't happen at the meet. So underperformed on bench big time, but I kind of knew it was going to happen going into it. So a lot of things going to have to change. Talked to Johnny Candido, shameless name drop. He talked about, you know, benching like six times a week, which I might start doing just to up that bench because these guys are opening in 83s with my 1RM Axe, and that's like the worst bencher, too, is opening with like 360. So I got to get better at bench. All right, deadlifts. You guys have probably seen the memes by now. You guys probably see me rage jump by now. Um, deadlifts were interesting. I am going to go on record and saying that the judging was correct and the down command wasn't given for the right reason. Now, let me take you through the deadlifts. 660 opener, that flew. 
took a big jump to um, 710. I meant to do, or 711, I meant to do a jump to 705, but I'm apparently illiterate and a dumb fuck, so I just, you know, I, I fucked up again. Um, this happens to me at every meet. Um, shout out to Joe Sanic, by the way. Uh, Joe TSA, he was backstage, he was awesome, um, he introduced himself to me, uh, it was great meeting him, and he actually kind of noticed, like, my second attempt was a bit strange. I, I told him the game plan going in, um, like, during the warm-up room, because he was handling multiple, uh, competitors, but I, I, uh, yeah, I kind of messed up there, um, but 7 is a USAPL meet PR. Uh, the stiff bar is a lot different for me. So I hit that for my second attempt, and I got red-lighted from the right side judge. I, I actually should have asked. I believe it was probably my knee, probably a soft lockout. I don't know exactly. I didn't even look at the number. Probably should have. I was just so psyched to get two white lights um, that I just got off the platform. And I made Joe uh, Stanek call my last deadlift, and he chose 722, I thought that was a great attempt, um, I thought that was good, so 722 on the platform, I took it off the floor, oh, by the way, um, they played Sweet Caroline uh, during my last deadlift by Neil Diamond, the great Neil Diamond, here's the thing, when you play Sweet Caroline during my last deadlift, I love this song. Sweet Caroline's a great song, but I am distracted because I am going to sing along every fucking time with Sweet Caroline. I am always going to do it. If that bump, bump, bump comes on, I am going to say it, and if So Good, So Good, So Good comes on as well, I am going to sing it, and that is distracting. I am not going to say that's why I missed my deadlift, but I was definitely bump, bump, bawing on the platform. Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. Everyone else got Rage Against the Fucking Machine or Metallica. I didn't get it, and I am furious about that. I wanted Bulls on Parade. I wanted Smashing Pumpkins. I wanted Metallica, but I got Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, you're a legend. I want to party with you, but I, I was distracted. Also, uh, before I mention that, um, the people on the live stream, I, I forgot to mention this, the people on the live stream kept on calling me Angelino Fortino. Um, I don't know where the fuck they saw the, like, the, the, the N on the last part of my name, but yeah, they kept on calling me Angelino Fortino, and they were questioning my jumps on deadlift, um, which was funny. If you guys want to view that video, you guys can. The, uh, live stream is still up on YouTube, but yeah, um, and the, the, the seeing Gino is awesome, so, but I couldn't really hear Gino while I was competing, so, 722, I just completely got off on a sh shitty tangent, um, it came off the floor really, really great, I felt once it come off the floor, I thought I was gonna nail it, and then once I was locking out, I felt my shoulders not exactly locking in the correct position, and I felt my knees not exactly locking out either, and the judges and the front judge saw that, so they were delaying the down command. It was not, they were just making me hold it at a long time at the top. I've been getting a shit ton of Instagram messages and comments on my videos saying I got robbed, that the USAPL doesn't want me to succeed because I'm not popular. Um, one, I am popular. And two, um, that's not the case. They made the correct call. And then when they were locking out, I didn't have quite control of the bar and it slipped out of my hand. 
Um, really, and my pinky kind of ripped, my grip kind of ripped a little bit. I think if I just had one more finger on the knurling, I would have been good. So it's, it's, it's a hundred percent my fault that I missed that deadlift. Um, I thought, I really thought I was going to nail it and I was disappointed because I, grip slipping never happens to me. Um, and I've, yeah, where have you heard that before? Um, yeah, grip slipping has never happened for me and it did this time and I'm, you know, a little bit upset about that. I was upset backstage after I missed a deadlift. Uh, you saw the raid jump where I, that was probably the highest I've ever jumped in my life. Um, yeah, probably not even, that's the highest documented jump I've ever had in my life. So uh, apparently I'm a good jumper if I miss a really important deadlift. And I was mad. Um, and then I was more mad because King of the Lifts reposted me. And then they said that that would have took IPF gold or that would have been unofficial world record. And that would have been the highest deadlift in the 83 kg weight class, um, which I had the, the tied for the highest with Russ and I believe someone else. But it would have been good to beat Russ in like one event. And yeah, uh, that, that made, that made my mood even worse after finding that out. But it is what it is. I missed, I didn't execute, but it was still a great meet for me, a meet PR, and good progress going forward, and, you know, something that um, me and a coach can work on. And, yeah, something to work on, and I've discussed many times that I want to coach, and, yeah, and I and I express interest in competing in the Arnold. Hopefully I can do that, because I, I'm, I'm full gung-ho into competing to the Arnold, and a coach, or a you know, training with a coach and getting a coach for that is probably a good first meet for me to make, you know, a good, just to, just make a good total and good progress total from there. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's the, that's a future for me. And, um, yeah, now, now to me being a spectator and a fan, and this was probably one of the only meets that I've been to recently Actually, my entire powerlifting career where I was a spectator for most of the week. Um, I was a fan for most of the week. I competed for a very small, small sliver of what USAPL Raw Nationals brings. And being a fan and spectator was, it was awesome. It was fun. I had a blast. It was great. It, I had an awesome, awesome time. And it was just great meeting the just the people that I was you know I've that I've admired that I've looked up to um Johnny can Johnny Candido talking to him was awesome that was probably my favorite person to talk to it was a just a complete pleasure talking to him um I'm gonna reach out to him see if I can get him on the podcast because he was great you know talking just to just to Zach just to Sean just to Evan um you know and they had other powerlifters there it was just if you're gonna be just a fan of the sport and you want to meet great powerlifters, that was the event to do it because, um, you know, I, I saw Garrett there. I saw Ed Cohen there. I saw John Hack, Andy Huang, um, all these guys there who are just, you know, elite-level powerlifters. Um, Jamar, meeting Jamar in person was awesome. Talking to him was great. Marcus, uh, I mean, there's so many guys, I, and I feel like an idiot, like, listing all of them all. Heather, Heather Connor, um, friend of the show, she was there. It was awesome meeting her in person as well, so... It was a great venue just to be a fan at. So, 83 prime times. Or or the 83 and... 
47 and 52 kg female as well. So 83 men and 47 and 52 kg female was the first experience I had at primetime. And that was that Thursday primetime session was probably the most hype meet. And I don't like saying hype unironically or lit unironically, but those are the only two words I can describe it. And it was, a, it, I had a blast. Uh, one that was the drunkest I've ever been at a meet. Uh, they had a cash bar, utilized that, went to Harry Carey's, drank with Matt, drank with um, my girlfriend, drank with Michael Cole DiPietro, and drank with Tyler Jackson as well. Um, also, shout out to him for videotaping. Uh, like I didn't have to, I didn't have to tell him to, and he did. Um, so that was very nice of him. And also, thank you for everyone mentioning me in their story. That means a lot to me when like people are actually watching my lifts. Um, like when they're not there, they're probably only watching me to drag and kick fucking Caleb and his dumbass head. But uh, yeah. But all right, <laughs> I digress again. Uh, the prime time session. It was lit. It was awesome. It was fucking great, and it was great for a lot of different reasons. One, I was just in a good mood to get done with the competition and just kind of, you know, like have this sense of accomplishment so I could kind of just, you know, relax, not be as nervous, and watch some of my favorite powerlifters compete, especially in 83kg weight class. Uh, my boy Carson Allen was competing. He had himself a fucking hell of a meet. I was I was cheering for him the most. Illinois guy. I love Carson, and he did a hell of a job. Jamar. Um, I was I was hoping that him and Sean would get into that top three, or you know, kind of overtake the king of that's Russ or he. Um, but also, um, Jimmy Villanueva. I've been following that guy for a hot second, and um. He's awesome. He's just an awesome dude, but he, you know, it was cool watching him compete. Uh, David Sheldon is a fucking beast. I really admire how that guy lifts. Um, Sean Collins, I didn't know he existed until his prime time, and I think he's my best friend. So, Sean Collins, you have a best friend in me. You are my new best friend. I don't care what you say. And reasons for that are really weird, but I think Sean Collins is my best friend. Um, uh, Candido. Candido on the platform was lit. It was awesome. It was awesome watching him compete, totaling 1640. Um, I believe that's what he totaled, but it was cool watching him hit the platform again. Yeah, and, and that, that just about like rounds it out for just the 83. And that was the one I was most interested in because, of course, they are in my weight class. So I wanted to see them compete. Um, and also with the females, you get some of my like favorite females in that, you know, lineup as well with, um, Marissa Inda, probably one of my like first favorite lifters. Um, just her being technically sound. I believe she went nine for nine and pulled a PR. So, um, she, had a great meet, um, and it was awesome seeing that. Uh, Heather Connor, she had herself a 9-for-9 nine nine meet as well, and, or, yeah, I think Marissa was 8-for-9, and Heather was 9-for-9. Nine nine. I have to double-check that, but Heather Connor had herself a great meet. Um, uh, I've said this before, uh, Sophia Rizzuto has probably one of the best bench presses and deadlifts I've ever seen. She's incredible. 
and it was good to see. I, I like really technically sound lifters, and she's one of my favorites right now. And yeah, I just had a really awesome time watching all of them compete, and it was lit. Now, the reason why I was so hyped is because I think the most popular powerlifters are in that 83 kg weight class, and a few of the more popular female powerlifters are in the 47 and 52s. And all eyes were on Russ. All eyes were on Russ because he is, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, he is the golden boy of USAPL powerlifting, and I think of powerlifting now, and especially drug-tested powerlifting. I think Ray Williams is like Zeus, and Russ or he is like that next god, which I'm horrible with Greek mythology, so I don't know. He's Hercules or something to Zeus. Yeah, I think Hercules is Zeus's son, but that's who. Well, that that's what I think of right now. Like Ray Williams is the face of USAPL, but Russ Orhe is that golden boy who's eventually beginning to come that face. And all eyes were on him, and the dude has a fan base in a half. I, when he was at Surge on Monday during the week of Raw Nats, there was over a hundred people just to take pictures and to meet him and to watch him lift. The dude has a crazy fan base and it, it was strange because like not a lot of them are power, like all of them aren't powerlifters. There's a lot of bodybuilders. There's a lot of people who just respect the fact that he's swaggy, that he's jacked. That he's cool, that he's strong as fuck. He he has like all the tools to be that face, and I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. I, when he was hitting his first squat, the phones out. The amount of phones out was unbelievable. I never expected powerlifting to be this way, and I think that could only really happen at Raw Nats because they had those big screens, which made everything really awesome for every spectator there because you could see the actual lifts go on. And the amount of phones were insane, and so many of the females and so many of the males were there just to see Russ. And then he squatted his opener, and it was high. And when it was high, when he got two red lights, the commotion, the tense, like, feel in the crowd was was unique. I never thought I'd see it. And I never thought I'd see, like, so many people who, like, person they never met before get nervous for. And part of me was happy because we're, we're, we're evolving as a sport. We're evolving. We have fans. We have people who enjoy the sport. We have people who enjoy a certain, just particular lifters. Just like how people support particular teams or UFC fighters or any of that kind of stuff. I think we're progressing and, and then, he hit a second spot or squat and he got called for death again. And then the commotion got even bigger. And then people were just telling like, Oh, he was squatting high as fuck in the warm up room. And you know, his, his squat videos leading up to raw nets on his Instagram and YouTube were high. So I was not surprised to see him miss his first two squats. And the, the tension of him hitting his third squat again, was 
unbelievable. The amount of phones, the amount of phones out, either to see Russ bomb out or to come up with a clutch three-point shot to win the game was just unreal. The He hit his third squat, he got three white lights, and I thought he did, in fact, get low enough. I thought his first two were high as fuck, and I thought his third was sunk just low enough for him to get competition depth and for him to get white lights, and the crowd went nuts. People were cheering, people were going crazy. His reaction was actually pretty boss, but I was happy. I was happy for a variety of reasons. One, I kind of didn't want to see him bomb out. Um, I think a lot of people would have left if they saw him bomb out, but I also was happy to see so many people cheering, and I said this on the show, and I might take it back, powerlifting can, in fact, be a spectator sport, because that was a spectator sport feel. It was the same feeling I got watching a baseball game, a football game, a boxing match, a UFC fight, a professional wrestling match. It was great to see and it was awesome. I, 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 I just thoroughly enjoyed myself. And that whole competition, that whole primetime session was great. Um, that was one of the more controversial moments was Russ's squad. A lot of people were calling his third one high too. I thought he got competition depth, but, um, his first two were definitely high. And also, um, Heather Connor with one of the more memorable deadlifts I've ever seen. Um, and it, it struck some controversy the next, like, actually, we're still probably discussing Heather Connor's um, uh, deadlift. Like, right now, she's making a lot of memes of it, having fun with it for herself. And um, this is Two White Lights. I'm going to give you my take and unbiased, un, you know, just my opinion on things because that's what I do. I just, again, not sports center, not the not this political shit. Um, I would have red-lighted Heather Connor's deadlift after the fact. And here's why. When she was pulling, I believe it was 403, when she was pulling that weight, one, the just her lifting it, I was like, what the fuck just happened? It was just so uneven. I was like, all right, she just failed to lift on just a weird technical problem. I, I don't even know what happened. But she stuck with it. She stuck with the lift. She kept on going. And... It was cool to see her grind it out, and I was just cheering to see if she could do it, and from where I was standing, I couldn't see like everything that was going on because I was kind of caught up with the crowd with cheering her on, and you know, just seeing if she could really stay with it, and from where I was standing, I didn't see that up and down movement because it was on a, you know, Jumbotron, and um, I was far away from seeing it in person. Watching the video again, there is definite up and down movement, and I would have red-lighted it. But here's the reason why I think they gave her two white lights. The front judge gave her a red light, so that means he probably saw a downward movement and red-lighted her. Or I don't even know if it was a male um, judging. So the judge gave her a red light, and the two side judges did not. I believe that they could not see from those side positions an up and down movement because it's I don't think that easy to see from a side position um, unless you're a bigger male lifter or I mean Heather Heather is a small gale um, she's under 100 pounds so she struggled with it and it was seeing the video I, I'm definitely red lighting it if I'm a judge 
Now, I think if someone would have challenged that and asked the jury what they thought, I think she would have earned one more red light, which would have, you know, gave her two red lights on the lift, making it uh, no lift. Um, but I don't think anyone was going to, you know, challenge it because she has that weight class kind of wrapped up. And if it was maybe in a spot where there, she was fighting for gold or an IPF world position, she would have, um, she might have gotten challenged by that by a jury, but you know, there's no reason to. I wouldn't, if, if someone is so far ahead, I would just let them have the lift and, you know, kind of call it a day. Of course, you can question the sanctity of records, but yes, I believe that she was, um, I, I, I would have red-lighted that lift. So, um, Heather won her weight class, Mercinda won hers as well. Um, that was great to see. Russ won the 83s still, um, tied my deadlift. He technically matched my deadlift, people, so, um, and second, Sean Noriega, and third, Jamar Royster, and I think Jamar Royster was kind of the, because I think a lot of people underperformed in 83 kgs. I think a lot of people underperformed, did not have the meat they wanted, and I think that Jamar, Johnny, and Carson had really good performances that they could be happy about. So, congratulations to them. Also, I totally forgot to mention the 74 kg boys because I, I just want to kill myself for saying 74 kg boys. But I wanted, I, I forgot to mention them. I didn't get to see all the competition, but they have, the, the amount of potential within that weight class is great. And I, Austin Perkins is calling himself the future. I don't agree with someone giving themselves a nickname, but that dude is going to be a killer. Um, he already is a killer. You know, um, second to Taylor Atwood. Ricky Cho had himself a fucking great meet. Um, I met him at it and he's a, he's a great dude. Uh, hopefully we get him on the show sometime. Um, it's been discussed. Taylor Atwood's the Don, you know, he, you know, won flat out. I think he had the highest IPF points as well. He's a Don, but I think, again, didn't get to see a whole lot of it because I was, you know, just in my own shit during that day. Um, the unfortunate thing was Michael Say, and that dude had a tough week, and I feel for him, and I, I'm sure he's sick of hearing it, but, you know, gets out of me tested, you know, I think he has to get blood, which I didn't even know was a fucking thing, shows how good of a powerlifter I'm not, because I'm never gonna have to experience that, but he had himself a tough week, and an injury, well, that kind of derailed a fucking phenomenal me, because I was... I was I was rooting for Michael at that point because I I've been watching more and more of his videos and just following more as a powerlifter and I lo I love how he lifts and I really wanted to see him do well um, and I think he's pretty I like how quiet and you know humble he is and just kind of goes about his business and you know does what he needs to do to win and unfortunately hurt himself going into deadlift um he explained i'm not going to do the explaining for him he explained on his instagram story and hopefully we can get him on the show uh soon very soon to discuss that more but then you know i'm going to mention later the other fortunate things that happened uh within his his team but um yeah the 74 kgs and i mean there's tons of other really good uh guys out there that competing in that weight class so i forgot to mention them Alright, yes, and then the next day, another primetime event that I got to see. Also, in this day, the Friday, or the, um, the Saturday. No, 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 Friday, Friday. Um, Friday, 93kg. Uh, got, I had a pleasure of watching that as well. 
Got to watch the entire primetime. Actually got to take a seat this time. You know, drink some beer, watch them perform, watch them compete. It was great. So 93kg men, Jonathan Keiko, that dude is a stud. I became a massive fan of him just watching him in person and watching how just technically sound he is on all three lifts. I love technically sound lifters, and he is one of them. Kyle Power, what a last name. I'm sure he's sick of hearing the joke, but he's got an incredible deadlift. Um, Charlie Dixon, he is just a beautiful man. He is so goddamn muscular. His quads are unbelievable. He is tall, he is jacked, and he is strong as fuck. So, there's that. Um, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Ellis McLean, he's great to watch in person. Um, he's an entertaining lifter and strong as fuck as well. Uh, David Ricks was, I, I did not know a 61-year-old man, was on primetime. He is 61 years old, and he is lifting with the best lifters in the world. Uh, amazing. Just absolutely amazing. Those are the guys I was looking at with 93kg guy, uh, men, and they did not disappoint. Um, Jonathan Keiko, great me for him, and I, I believe he ended up taking that weight class. Um, and also the females, 57 and the 63 females went. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like I said before, I'm kind of a powerlifting dumb fuck. I don't follow everyone in the sport. And I didn't know many of the women on this roster. But I um, do know uh, Rebecca Nunn's. Um, cool to see her on primetime. Christina Lazzo, Illinois' favorite. Um, it was cool to see, I, I like, I support Illinois lifters, you know that. Um, and it was cool to see her on the platform. Um, Samantha Calhoun. Samantha Calhoun at 63. I'm aware of Samantha Calhoun and I become a full-fledged fan of Sam Calhoun. She is a absolute beast. Again, I've mentioned it 45 fucking times in the show. I love technically sound lifters, and she kills it on all three lifts. I became a massive fan of Samantha Calhoun after that. So, again, I mean, I'm probably missing a lot of people. Um, an Italian, 157 kg, um, Christina Perici. She won. Um, I followed her immediately after because she is a stud and she is jacked. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm again, I, I'm still kind of learning lifters as I go because, again, I'm, I have a podcast and all that kind of shit and I compete, but I'm kind of a dumb fuck. And Sam Calhoun won, um, her weight class as well. And, you know, a unofficial world record at 50, uh, 511 kg. I, I became a massive Sam Calhoun fan. I was a fan of her before, but actually just seeing her list in person, she is a B. Alright, and on to Saturday's session. Um, I got the honor and privilege to meet my unofficial inadvertent powerlifting coach, Lane Norton, came all over the platform and it was it was awesome to see, and the memes have been made, the jokes have been made. Lane Norton now knows my name, and I'm very happy about that. He has to take a picture with me. I was kind of stunned. I think he knew he was doing me a favor by taking a picture, 
but I was um, really happy, and he's had very kind things to me, and that is something I never thought that would happen in the sport, is Lane Norton just knowing my existence, and I am very happy about that. I've been running PH3, going into, you know, the, the, the raw nats, and pretty much every single competition, every accomplishment that I have accomplished, which is a shitty sentence, but I said it, in the sport has been because of the PH3, and Lane Norton is the creator of it, so I got to meet him again, because I met him at the Arnold, but I'm going to count that as not meeting someone. I think meeting someone at the Arnold, because he was meeting like 6,000 people without the but throughout the day, and it's just such a shitty, hectic environment that I don't, he obviously wouldn't remember me, but got to meet him, nine for nine day, awesome day for him, and it again, cool just you know, meeting, meeting coach for the first time and talking to coach for the first time. I'm sure he's proud of me. Um, yeah, and also subpar powerlifting memes hit just with ridiculously good memes and other people send me some memes as well. So I might post those throughout the week, but got a picture with my coach. That was awesome. And Saturday's prime time again. I had probably the best seats that I had. Uh, shout out to Carson and Abby for saving me a seat and having me watch um, some of the better 105 lifters in the world compete. And I think that was the, I think, best performances was the 105 males. Um, just throughout the list, throughout 1 through 10, they had terrific meets. Um, and really entertaining meets for a wide variety. Uh, wide, oh shit, I can't talk. Wide variety of different ways. Because I got to see Akin Rosko up in person. I've always admired how that guy lifts. He is even more jacked in person. He is bigger in person. He is built for lifting weights and lifting weights only. And possibly being a fullback in the NFL and murdering every single cornerback in the league, um, yeah, he, he had himself a great performance, uh, Ben Rice, uh, it was great to see him compete, Bryce Lewis is a stud, it was awesome seeing Bryce lift, uh, Bryce lift, uh, in person, um, David Wilson, I, I, I feel like I had an awkward conversation with him because I'm awkward and he's awesome. So he had him, he had a great meet. I think his first meet at 105 and again, technically sound, really awesome to watch. I had a great time watching him. Joseph Amendola has a fucking great bench. I have never been more impressed with someone's bench in my life. It's a raw bench. It is close to 600 pounds and the guy's a stud. Um, um, Gregory Johnson, what, what a fucking deadlift that guy has. Um, yeah, the, and he was, he was fun to watch. Uh, dancing in the warm-up area, he was dancing hilariously, just high energy. It, it was a pleasure watching him. Um, and Mikey Davis is a beast, he is a stud, and he's a bad motherfucker. And, oh, also, a person that... I forgot to mention for the 93kg, SSJ Bob, what a goddamn performance he had. Um, that dude is a, that dude is going to be a problem for every power lifter in the next year or so. He's qualified for IPF Worlds. The guy is going to be a stud. I forgot to mention him earlier. And Mikey Dave, uh, Michael Davis was a guy that I didn't really know 
very well going into this meet, and he had himself a hell of a meet, and I was impressed by each and every one of his lifts. So that's why I forgot. That's why it kind of made me think of uh, Bob because I didn't get to see him compete, unfortunately, because I was at work actually that day. So yeah, um, that was that was some of the better lifting I've seen probably throughout the week was the 105s. Um, I had a great time watching them, and also. We had the um, 74 or 72 and 84 women compete, and um, again 72. I didn't know too many lifters going into the uh, competition, but here during the 72 72 kg female uh, prime time session. I saw, and now this is the shitty judging that I saw on USAPL and a massive mistake that they made, and I will go to the grave saying this, and I might have been drunk that night. Me and Gino shared a shot of Jack Daniels out of my flask, and I was drinking my flask the entire night, but I did not know, I did not need to be drunk to see that Jasmine Penn locked out that fucking deadlift. She, it was a clean three white lights lift. I think she got two red lights or three red lights, but that is undeservedly, that is an undeserved judging decision because it was a perfect deadlift. And I screamed at the judges and I was quite close to them and I ranted about it for like 15 minutes and if I was her, I would be extremely pissed off, and that was a, they, they dropped the ball on that, and that would have gotten her IPF, that would have gotten her onto the IPF Worlds team, and would have gotten her gold, I believe, and that was bullshit, that was a bullshit call, that was one of the more controversial lifts of the competition, and I, they fucked up. They really fucked up on that one, and I wasn't happy to see it, and it's, it's, it's shitty to see someone stripped of a potential title, especially because if that happened to me, I don't know if I would have reacted the same way Jasmine did because it seemed like he was unhappy, but at the same time, I probably would have just yelled at people and I, or cried like a bitch. Um, I'm talking about me, but I, uh, I, I would, I thought, I thought injustice was done there and got Chloe Dublin the win, which is congratulations to her, but I really thought that, um, Jasmine deserved that. And for the 84 kg women, we had um, Daniela Mello and Amanda Lawrence, but unfortunately, Amanda Lawrence, I mean, uh, Daniela Mello dropped out. I don't know the reason. I think she announced on Instagram, but I don't want to, like, you know, say things that aren't true on here and speculate a bunch of things. So I thought she was sick. But again, I, I just said I wasn't going to speculate, and I did. But I thought she was sick, and it was unfortunate because I wanted to see Amanda and Mella too because um, they had a great competition at IPF Worlds, and those are the two best 84s in the world. But that pretty much gave Amanda a pretty easy victory. But, ooh, am I going to have to call someone out on two white lights? And we do that on two white lights. Um... Amanda was complaining about the platform being uneven, and the platform was not uneven. It was perfectly balanced, and I think also complaining about the ER racks, which we were lifting on ER racks. It's fine. The platform was fine. It was good. Just just don't start blaming the platform if you miss a deadlift. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, actually, it's not all I'm going to say about that because I'm going to continue to rant. I don't like seeing that. I don't like seeing like the... 
like someone finding a way to nitpick the USAPL, and I think that's a cop out and it's an easy way to just you know just make make excuses for a performance that you didn't want. But I think she had a, a fucking great performance, and the, the platform was probably not the reason why she didn't get a deadlift. It was probably another reason. Um, there was some sick deadlifts done on that platform. Um, and I, you know, it was fine. The platform was fine. I just don't like seeing, I don't like seeing equipment excuses because we're all lifting with the same equipment. You know, like that we're all, we're, they're all doing the same exact thing. So that's, that's that, I guess. Um, you know, I, I know Amanda Lawrence has a massive fan base of fangirls and fanboys. So hopefully I don't get hateful DMs, but, um, I, I tell it like how it is. I give my opinion. Um, and I just, I don't like seeing that, but congratulations to her because she is the best female lifter in USAPL right now, probably in the world. So, all right. Sunday. Sunday, I attended I missed a lot of the Bears game, thank God, because they fucking suck, to watch Ray Williams squat. And I really want to see Ray Williams squat for a very long time. Um, I've, I've, I've said this to, I don't know if I even said this on a show before, but when I was competing APF and in WPC, when I was ignorant to the world around me, I knew USAPL as the federation that Ray Williams competed in because I knew who Ray Williams was and he is a massive celebrity in the sport and for good reason. His feats are probably some of the more impressive feats in sports. He squats a thousand pounds raw or he has squatted a thousand pounds raw and I had to see it in person. Um, unfortunately, squats didn't really go according to planned. Um, he smoked his first two attempts, which I don't know what his opener was, but 880 was his second, and then 920 was his third. He smoked 880, and it was... I felt it. I felt the power. I felt the, the greatness of Ray Williams, and it was great, and the hype that Ray Williams squatting was awesome. It was... The, they did a really good job of that, and um, I just loved watching him compete. Or just squat, at least. Um, but not, uh, with 920, looks like he just lost balance. Again, excellent job spotting to the Texas spotting crew. You guys did a great job. You guys are the best. Um, and, you know, like, after that, I saw people kind of file out. But I had to stay because the females put on a guy. Also, um, before I get into the females... Um, because I, you know, I, I don't think I did it justice with, you know, how I just described, like, me attending the, you know, super heavies and the 120 men. But, um, Dennis Cornelius is a fucking monster. Um, he's awesome. He is incredible. I loved watching him compete. That was a hell of a performance that he put on. And, um, Trevor Thomas Jr., uh, country strong. He gave Ray Williams run for his money, and there was almost an IPF World Championships without Ray Williams because uh, Trev Thomas had a great, great meet. So yeah, that was a really great meet to watch. This is the super heavies and the one twenty men. That was um, that was a lot of fun. Now I was. 
I was inspired by watching the females compete because, I mean, for multiple reasons. One, um, I never seen, um, Bonica Brown compete in person, but she is amazing. I cannot stress it enough. Amazing lifter. Her squat was so beautiful. It reminded me of the quads like Rob squat. It was so technically sound and she is a fucking G. She is a boss because I know she does equip meets and raw meets and it shows how technically sound she is. Unbelievable just watching her and believe it or not, she was challenged. She was pushed to the absolute limit by a 15 year old. Um, Mahala Reeves is 15 years old and just throwing all my, pretty much all my numbers. You know, on the platform, just your squat and bench is ridiculous. And it's, I think you're going to be looking at a future star, especially when someone's 15. It's, it's, it's just cool to see. It's a very, which is going to be a really shitty analogy, but like, it reminds me of tennis and figure skating, how like those 16 year olds are like beating like the people who are veterans in the sport. Um, it was so amazing to see like a battle between that and especially how good, how good Bonica Brown is at just executing, but also how a 15 year old is so goddamn strong. Um, I, that was just a battle for the ages. And a lot of people were saying like during Ray Williams squat, like once he has his third squat, people are going to file out. Um, people still tuned in to watch the females compete and, um, and really the males compete as well because Ray almost lost. And I think uh big country is going to be a, is going to be a problem in the super heavyweights. So uh, that about does it. That's my, that's my view. That's my recap, my shitty recap of USAPL Raw Nats. And again, it's just as a fan, as a spectator, not as a reporter, not as a blogger, um, as a fan spectator and as a competitor, competitor first, because that's what I do. But um, it was worth it. It was worth competing. It was worth going. I, I, I made an Instagram post about this. I definitely got the USAPL bug. Um, just competing alongside those guys, it really, and it's going to sound cliche and like cheesy and boring, but it, it lights a fire under your ass. You want to be on that prime time stage and you want to win. I want to win. I want to win USAPL Raw Nats. I want to win, you know, I, would love to compete in IPF Worlds one day. Who knows if I'll ever do it, but it was great meeting and seeing all these lifters compete, and it was inspiring, but at the same time, I just had a fun, fun time. I don't think I've had that fun of a time in a really long time, and I, uh, people have been asking me what's next for me, and I, I'm, you know, I said I was only going to do one or two USAPL meets. I'm gonna do, I, I'm gonna stay in this federation as long as possible. Um, I had a great time. I wanna do the Arnold. Hopefully I can do the Arnold because I, you know, the roster fills apparently very quickly and I have to like jump on it immediately and I would like to do, uh, Raw Nationals next year in Daytona Beach. I would like a reunion. I would like to see all these guys. I would like to hang out with them more. Um, like, like, and people have been asking my favorite moments. It was, a lot of it was just hanging out with guys. Uh, shout out to Kai. Shout out to people from Team Noriega. Shout out to people from, uh, Team Flex. 
Like, we, I hung out with a lot of them, a lot of good friends that I've seen, a lot of good friends from Illinois, uh, people that I knew from Instagram that I met in person, and they were much cooler in person than they are on Instagram. It was, it was awesome. And again, the reunion hopefully happens, um, soon, and hopefully I can compete again on, you know, a bigger stage because that primetime stage was great. I want to be in it. I want to be in the mix of things. So, you know, that's going to do it. Um, be on the lookout. We're going to have some interviews with people from the USAPL uh, on the show in the upcoming days. Um, be on the lookout, yeah, for a lot more interviews. And that's going to do it for Two White Lights. I am sick of fucking talking. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys are sick of my voice by now because I'm losing it. I'm going to be completely lost tomorrow. So... Like and subscribe on iTunes. Give a five-star rating. Leave a review. Leave a nice review. Leave a cool review. Leave a funny review. You can roast me if you want. Just make sure that motherfucking shit is five goddamn stars. And like and follow on Spotify. Follow our page at two white lights, two underscore white lights, the word. And that's going to do it. I'll see you guys soon. Peace.